1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to episode 240 of the 77 Club. Harry, start with the socials. The Wolf 77 Club on Facebook and Instagram. Um, can you rate us five stars on Spotify, please, and subscribe on YouTube because it really helps. Uh, Jack Williams is here. Hi, everybody. And Dan Bayliss. Hello. Uh, Harry, let's start with Bournemouth away. Um, usually a place we go to where we get at least a point. Um, we did one better than that this time, taking all three. Gary O'Neill said it wasn't about him. He probably feels quite good after taking the three points against 10 men. Yeah, um, what a what a free games for him and his managerial career for a start. And I know he said it weren't about him, but he must have been absolutely buzzing his tits off after getting that win. Um, poor first half, I thought. Um, fairly even. Obviously go 1-0 down, but... For once, well, he's done it a few games now. He made the correct substitutions for me. And uh, his substitutions and the red card, obviously, got us the vital three points. And it's a a nice little breathing space now and a crucial win for him and Wolves, obviously. Uh, Jack, it was all changed. Uh, Lots of confusion over who was suspended, who wasn't. Um, Doherty coming in for uh, Semedo. Traore coming in for... for... Lamina. Lamina, there we go. I had a picture of him in my head and I couldn't think quite think who it was. We didn't think Belgard was available. Was he available? Was he, wasn't he? But didn't even make the bench in the end. Um, yeah. So his injury. And yeah, I mean, first start for Doherty and sort of actually did what he was supposed to be doing as a wing back and, and probably used to it playing in, in the old gold. Yeah, I think most of the confusion started about who was suspended and who wasn't on this podcast last week because we didn't have a clue, did we really? And uh, we still don't don't now by the sound of it. Um, but um, yeah, I agree with Harry. A very poor first half, I thought. <laughs> I, fear, I feared the worst, particularly going in at half time. The, the thing that really, really annoyed me is if you watch their goal back, um, their, their goal in the first half, it basically takes them two forward passes playing out from the back and before you know it, two seconds later, after just two simple forward passes straight for our midfield, they're going down their right-hand side with a man over. And you're thinking, like, how have we got in this position? We've just absolutely fallen asleep here. And I start to fear the worst. And it's a typical Wolves thing to do, isn't it? As, as in putting performances against the bigger sides. And then when you've got the easiest one by a, a by a country mile of the last three on paper, you fear that we're gonna we're gonna roll over. But it didn't happen in the end, did it? We we responded in the second half. You get a bit of luck with the sending off. Um, but even then, actually, with the sending off, it was looking like one of those days where we weren't going to be able to break down 10 men again. But luckily, at the end, up, up pops Sasha, who's who's like 
goal to uh, minute ratio must be outstanding at the moment, really ridiculous because yeah. he's only played about half an hour and he scored two winners, and <laughs> he so fair play, good to get it. And yeah, Gary O'Neill will be buzzing. Not the best performance ever, but it doesn't matter because it's uh, starting to put distance between ourselves and teams like Bournemouth. And Dan, for the first time in a while, we were sort of looking at the stats and we're with boss possession, obviously, mostly due to the 10 men, but I think it's something like 21 shots, seven on target. And and when those are sort of starting to move in the right direction, you're going to start to see the payback in goals and hopefully wins. Yeah, I mean, we've only not scored in one, right? Been some bad yeah. performances in there, but we're scoring more goals, which is a positive thing. I actually thought we were really poor first half and there was a little bit of luck in it. Um, I mean... By about nine o'clock Monday night, I thought we'd won the Champions League. I thought, I thought <laughs> we're not. Championship, we might have a chance. That's, that's, that's all I've seen on social media since about nine o'clock on Monday is that we've, we're the best team ever. Um, I now, I think you're talking about Gary O'Neill's appearance on Sky Sports News. Is that is that correct? Monday Night Football, not Sky Sports News. Sorry, yes. Talk about the game first. I, I did think we were poor first half and we did well to go and pinch it very, very late. I think there was a little bit of luck on our side the way it came about. Um, but at least we're creating some chances. That's a hell of a lot better than some parts of last season and some parts of earlier this season. Um, so I can't knock it, but it's, it's, it's the right result from a game we needed to take some points from, really. I think you're saying that you you were still going to take it month by month and and carry on doing that and that will be the case. Yeah, this unless is, we beat Newcastle. This is a <laughs> this is a good month, right? This is a good break it down into try and get more than a point a game that keeps you up. That's where we are right now. We, I don't know, the Everton win away and this win were sort of a little bit smash and grab, given how poor we were in periods of it. But you take it all day every day. Um, I think there's, there's, there's still a lot of work to do. I'm not going to be a complete naysayer and say he's a PE teacher and stuff because that was very harsh. But it was off the back of some really stupid decisions <laughs> where he made the same substitutions every time and we got called out three times in a row. But at the same time, there's been some real sort of hyper positivity off the back of it that's sort of made him out to be this, I don't know. I can't, I'm trying to think of a manager that it compares to. I saw someone call him a, a brilliant tactician and a, a pragmatic manager. I think that was some of the, the comments from the bigger uh, accounts on X, formerly Twitter. The thing that I took from it most is that I didn't realise he was fluent in sign language. Which is... <laughs> he did move his hands a lot. Yeah, he, did. he does talk with his hands a lot. But I, I, I think if we're talking about the Monday Night Football appearance, I think it's, uh, you know, it, it was quite good. And it's, I think Wolves fans do get a little bit excited because you kind of got that little bit of insight with them, particularly showing the clips from the training ground and those sorts of things, and then then being able to actually see it be realised actually on on the on the Saturday game. It's a, it's you know, it's a nice little little snapshot of of of, uh, of insight that we wouldn't normally get, which I think has got people a little bit excited. And to be fair, I know you think you're getting ahead of ourselves, but he's beat Man City and, and remained unbeaten since then. So I think he's starting to uh, turn the tide, even with some of us lot on here, and I include myself in that, who've been very negative towards him. Because look at the, the last three results on paper. Uh, you know, you can't really whinge of seven points from 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 nine with those games there. So you've got to be you've got to be pleased with that. Um, Back to the game. I know you think you said we had a little bit of luck with their goal. I think Bournemouth will be very, very disappointed with um, 
with the goal that they gave us away to win it because God knows what they're trying to do there. Where they're trying to play out from the back quickly um, in a position where they just they just didn't look comfortable doing it really and put the pressure on themselves. And fair play to Sasa because he's he's the one who put the pressure on, won the ball back, and then ultimately ended up scoring the goal. And that's that's a sort of a sort of feeding off scraps that it looks like at first, but ended up actually winning us the game. So you make your own look in those sort of circumstances. And fair play to him. And Harry, they had the wrong netto, didn't they, Bournemouth? Unfortunately, or fortunately for us. Yeah, um, well, he crashed that one off the bar, didn't he, early on? Um, which is, oh, just go on, just leave me, leave me out the podcast this week. <laughs> no, it's all right, it's just, just a delay, just carry on. Just like just, you can hear, just, just a few seconds delay, just go for it, carry on. Oh, this is going to be like Mike Bassett. This is, this is... <laughs> yeah, okay, so Neto was fantastic. Another assist, smash one off the bar first half, um, brilliant. Um, I thought Huang did well, although he missed that one sitter. He set up Sasha really well for the goal. Kunyu was terrible first half, but I thought he took his goal really well. But the yeah. biggest difference on the day was Tommy Doyle. He come on and he just calmed it down. It was a great substitution by Gary O'Neill and he just controlled the play and broke the lines. Obviously, the red card was massive. don't know what Cook was doing for them, but fair play for Huang for winding him up and getting him sent off, really. But when they go down to 10 men, I said it on my post-match reaction, it's sometimes harder to get the winner because they're just going to sit back. So it took us to the 88th minute to do it. And we'd, it would have been two points dropped. But I think you've got to give the team and Gary O'Neill for his substitutions a lot of credit to get that win. And then also bringing Sarabia on, who's had a lot of stick. He weren't the best, but I think bringing him on in that sort of game is really good because he's the type to turn in the number 10 role and try and break the lines and get that goal. And as you mentioned, their mistake. But I think Gary O'Neill deserves a lot of credit. And his turnaround after that Ipswich loss is absolutely incredible. Like I, I, I'm just going to give him so much credit now and I am going to get carried away. I'm not going to be a naysayer like a few people on this podcast. <laughs> Speaking of which, Bayliss, uh, what did you think of, of Tommy Doyle? Obviously, he came to the club in, in strange circumstances, obviously, with what happened with Nunes. Um, a promising young player that had done well at Sheffield United last season. Looks like it could be a, a fairly cheap deal. Obviously, the Nunes transfer plays into that as well. But... Sort of, it's the first time we've seen him for for an extended period of a game. Yeah, it's a good performance, isn't it? He came on and he definitely changed the game in our favour. I thought he did, as as Harry just said, he calmed it down. Or Jack just said he, he calmed it right down, and he sort of felt we got control of the game after that. And it was chances and stuff. I don't know. I'm still sort of fifty fifty on what Harry said there. The results and the performances have been way better, and we're seeing players come into it more now because Cunha, for all the good things he's done, has been equally frustrating. Um, we're seeing the younger players sort of starting to get a go. We like the look of Belgarden, and then he's gone and in and out. But it, it is way more positive. And it was nice getting that sort of look at how a manager thinks and how a manager sets up his team for the next game. But they all do do that. It's really weird. I've never seen anything like that during a season before. Have you? Is anyone else? Uh, groundbreaking. It's quite interesting. Let, let's talk about it because I, th- I don't know how I feel about it because I think I'd feel better about it if it was someone else's manager going, this is how I beat Man City. And then to me, it just seems like you're helping every, everyone else and giving everybody else pointers. And I, I think sometimes there has to be an element. And I know we love coverage and we love analysis and digging into games and putting a magnifying glass over them. But sometimes do you think, Jack, that you've you've got to let your see your trade secrets remain secrets. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. Obviously 
it would be a bit different if he was doing it before the Bournemouth game, but I suppose it does give away a little bit too much into what he thinks like as a manager. Um, so I can see why there is some risk there, but he knows he can't go and do this exactly the same thing again to Bournemouth later in the season now or to whoever you, we're playing next because they're, they're going to be watching that analysis as well and then trying to use it to their advantage. So, you know, he's going to have to... He, he won't have shared that unless he was comfortable with it and thought that it was just a, you know, a case of just using it for this, this game coming up. But the thing that I thought as well is... Would they have still had him on if we'd have lost or got battered at Bournemouth? I think he was already nah. booked, wouldn't he? So that's the, I don't know. That's the thing because if if he'd have, if he would have just gone on there, let's say we'd lost one 0 and said, oh, you know, here here we are. This is how I, I thought we were going to counteract them. And the only footage they've got is us completely passing us apart in two passes through the midfield. It would be that's like well, they'd, exactly. they'd have just used the City game, wouldn't they? Because they used the City potentially, game as well. yeah. So just it, I think it. Yeah. I, I reckon there's a few people actually if. If they had, obviously, I'm assuming it's been booked for a while, but I'm guessing there's a few people in the uh, sort of Sky Sports behind the scenes who are quite happy that we beat went on to beat Bournemouth because it just adds to the narrative really and helps sell the Monday night, the you know audience a little bit more. Do you think see who else does cool. that over the season? Yeah. I was going to say that was another question. Yeah, because yeah, that'd be that'd be really you know. I really hope Sam Allardyce comes back and it's just like, just lump it up there and give it to the big bloke. <laughs> I mean, so they have had managers watch. on before, haven't they? I mean, the, Connor Cody's done it before, hasn't he? So when he was when he was yeah. with Wolves, I know they try and rotate it and stuff with with people related to the to the team. So it's not it's not unheard of them to have to have people who are currently involved in properly involved in Premier League clubs or uh, um, even management at the time go on that. It's just a never to the level thing. of going. This is what we've done on the training ground. Yeah, if you're filming it, yeah. yeah. I, I've not seen that before, no. But I, some no. people who watch it religiously might might say differently. I don't know. I mean, it was it was great to but watch. People loved it, didn't they? If you looked on Twitter, like the general fan, like you know, just a casual fan, absolutely loved it. Like O'Neill was getting so much praise online. Do you think it's a, a good thing, then, Harry? Do you want to see more of it, or is it a case of actually he's only showing one part of your preparation for one team out of twenty? Yeah, but then he did show the bit of the Man City one as well, didn't he? So, you know, he, he did show two bits. But he's just, I think you can tell he loves football, can't you? You know, he was his hands, like you said, were going bloody all over the shop. He was like bloody Mr. What's it called? Mr. Sizzle. But yeah, um, I think it was good. And you can see why he did really well in his PowerPoint. Um, <laughs> in his PowerPoint presentation to Matt Hobbs, because he, uh, he's very enthusiastic and... <laughs> his PowerPoint display, but yeah, he was a, he was a fascinating watch, and he, he you know he represented Wolves well. Uh, let, let's move on to Newcastle up next, um, Dan. I think you're probably going to give yourself permission to be excited if we come away with something from that game. Um, they're playing, or they played Dortmund midweek. Obviously, they're playing at the moment and, and losing, but we don't know the the outcome of that game at the time of recording. Um, you know, Wednesday, Saturday. It's a, a lot of games to cram in. Newcastle are very, in very, very good form, though. Um, after a, a sort of a shaky start to the season, but uh, last time out, they beat Crystal Palace 4-0. West Ham was a 2-2. Uh, 2-0 against Burnley before that. Um, and and did, obviously, 8 against Sheffield United. And, and I think when, we, when that result happened, we were thinking, oh, my God, I think that's around the time we played City. But um, how would you be approaching that one? Because there's going to be more people available. It's... Uh... It, it's got all the makings of an absolutely perfect Saturday, this. Late kickoff, get up there yeah. early, mid midday, one o'clock. Lovely crisp autumn day, bit of sunshine, 15 pints, lose 8-0. Um, come away with a result. <laughs> uh, 
It's all lined up. It's 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 written in the stars, isn't it? It's it's all lined up to be one of those super Saturdays where you get more time on the beers with your mates. You get to the stadium. We're we're on a we're on the trajectory on the way up. They're losing at the moment midweek, so they've had a lot of games in a short space of time. Even though they're on a really good run of form, we just got to go and take take that advantage that we've had the last couple of weeks where we've played better and better, and take it into these more important games. You know, we have been better at home. I thought I thought the Liverpool score. Might have flattered Liverpool a little bit. I think it did. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's still a tough place to come, Molyneux. And I'd, I'd just love us to go out there and play with that sort of intensity and pressing game that we have put on other teams. Because that would be fantastic to watch. A couple of people in the comments thinking that we're going to come away with something. Jack, what sort of starting eleven are you going to be looking at? Because there's actual competition for places now. There is competition now. Um, I agree with what the comments are saying, though, and it's going to be a tough game, but it's no tougher, I don't think, than the last two home games we've had against City and Villa. There's no reason why we can't go and get something. Like you say, Newcastle are playing are playing now, which should give us an advantage. They started a little slow this season. There was a lot of draws at the start. So there's there's no reason why we can't get something. And they they will be looking at this fixture now and thinking, you know, that's a difficult one too because we're, we're in a decent run of form. Starting 11-wise, I think Semedo and Amina will come back in. To be honest, um, I think you've, you've got to, considering they've both been very solid throughout the start of this season. Um, and the rest of it kind of picks itself. But it's it's good that we do have that competition now because mentioning Tommy Doyle then, I've, I've not really seen much of him when he was at Sheffield United. We've only really seen him in bit parts this season in sort of League Cup games and that sort of thing. But to have that on the bench to so someone who can come on and play a forward pass like that, like we saw on a few occasions, is, is really, really good. So it's nice that we've got some competition in those in those midfield areas now. And obviously players still to come back from either suspension or players that we, we got in January who haven't quite uh, got their fitness level up yet. So, um, yeah, it's exciting. It's what you need, isn't it? You need a squad with some depth in and, and players on the bench who can change games when you're in a position you need to be. But I think he'll go back to basics, I think, really, and go back to the sort of team selection that he he's... he's. I know it's not been the same every week, but it's it's kind of kind of similar, isn't it? And I think, yeah, Lamina and Tomato will definitely come back into that starting lineup. Uh, Harry, thoughts? Yeah, it's going to be a tough game. Um... I'm, I echo what them what the lads have said. Really, it's just I think we'll stick to a five at the back. Although on Monday night football, kind of. Perfect. Yeah, we we lost you a little bit there, but we we got the gist of it. <laughs> uh, let's do a score prediction, Jack. I'm going to be optimistic and say one one. One one, uh, Bayliss. I was actually going to go one one. Excellent. Uh, Harry's going to go four one because I said so, and uh, I'm going to go for a one one two. So let's get your latest betting odds, and I, I doubt there'll be any ticket news because the website's shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the Newcastle uh, game will have finished by the time Harry hears this ticket news. To be honest, <laughs> right? Go on, um, Bailey, we go. I had a little bet builder, and mm-hmm. I quite like this. It's it's not a lot of things in there, and it's pretty decent odds. So a full-time result to be a draw, Cunha to score in 90 minutes, and there to be five corners or more in each half, 30 to 1. I quite like that. Nice. Uh, just to show you the spread of how the betting's looking, I thought someone was going to be negative. I thought someone was going to say they're going to pan us. Well, normally so, you. <laughs> uh, that's a good point. I said uh, Isaac to score first, Newcastle 4-0 is only 66 to 1. That is short. Just compare that up. I just did a couple of quick ones, but Neto to score first, 2 1 Wolves, 80 to 1. Good value. Very good value. And uh, Huang to score first, 2 all draw. The old Desmond is uh, 85 to 1. 
Eight, five to one. Uh, perfect. Um, has anybody taken a look at Jeff She's column? I thought it was uh, very, very strange. I don't know whether to try and bring Harry back into this. Um, Harry, if you just start talking, then I'll be quiet. Uh, otherwise, we'll move on to something else. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm I'm here, but whether I'm actually here, I don't know. You'll have to let me know. I thought the column. I'm just going to carry on. What you say? No. Yes. Good. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm here. Uh, I thought the column was bizarre. He was talking about championship manager and Woking. Um, very weird. I probably won't read another one. It was just a nothing. It was like a non-column. It was like we got, we gained nothing from it. So yeah, good good scoop for the Express Star, but very bizarre article. Did you have to pay for it, Harry? No, 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 you'd have to pay. No, no, no. Okay. What do you think, Jack? I mean, we talked about it. We touched on it that he was starting it last week, and that we we always found a little bit strange when hierarchy is sort of coming out and trying to trying to talk about it. I mean, we we've had it since the beginning of time with program notes and notes from the chairman, notes from the manager. So, I mean, is it is it just a case of they want to get their point across? They want to keep hammering home that same message, and the more eyes that are in front of that message and where they want to go and expectations is is a good thing i'm not sure i think it's more just to do with them trying to have a think about how to rebuild jeff she's image and how to have him reach out a little bit more with the fans really because it's been a bit of a um you know turbulent few months really with uh you know looking like we're going to get relegated being saved from relegation changing the manager player high profile player outgoings. I think they're just looking at other stuff to try and build that relationship up. I don't think there's much more to it than that. And they've just sort of said, ER Jeff, let's give you a slot in the local paper. That that might help. And I'll be honest, I'd probably I'd be shocked if he's Jeff's actually put pen to paper himself on any of that other than just signing it off at the end. <laughs> to be honest, I'd imagine his time's a bit uh, a bit uh, too valuable to be actually penning that all himself. He'll probably get a draft and proofread it and that'll be it. But um, it doesn't do much for me. I know some people do still, uh, you know, read the Express and Star quite a bit. But um, yeah, the online presence of, of the Express and Star is probably around seven hundred thousand in in readership online. So I mean, it, it's not a small amount of people. They've started putting the stuff. You noticed this on the Express and Star there. We have to sign in to see some of the articles, mm. and that just puts me off straight away. I'm not. Oh, I can't be asked doing that. So that's, <laughs> they can't that's even I give don't it really look at it anymore. Like, well, it's not giving it away because you have to exchange your personal details for it, don't you? And then they're going to pester you. And it just that's true. Like... I don't know why they asked my mother's maiden name and my chip and yeah. pin, but there you go. Um, Bayless thoughts? I haven't read it. I, I, I just had a little look on their website and I can't even find it. So yeah, it came out a while ago. Yeah. It's a bit like when you, you know, when you get like an email from the CEO of a company and that you work for. And they're talking about something that it just doesn't affect them, like a cost of living crisis or something. It's like you're on half a million pounds a year. You talk about cost of living crisis, um, but I can tell you that that is written by the people and signed off by that person. So I can confirm that that is absolutely the case. Um, we last week spoke about new logos, and we all had a go at doing it. They were all pretty rubbish. Um, now we said that we would we would give away a shirt to someone who who tickled our fancy with a design. So thank you if you sent one in. It was a rigorous process to uh, find one. But one that we all agreed with was actually done by Harry by accident. So Harry gets a wool <laughs> shirt and it's going to have an extra, extra, extra large collar so he can Cheers, get his nose in it. Uh, and uh, <laughs> that's going to be the new logo. You can see it in the top <laughs> right-hand corner of the screen now. So uh, hopefully the brand will continue to grow. Now, there was 
the Wolves Express podcast in which Dicko, Afobi and Sacco were guests with Mikey Burrows. I'm going to hand over to Harry. If it works, it might be a little bit of a delay because the internet is, is terrible. But they were reminiscing, weren't they, Harry, back in the day? And obviously those three were were instrumental in, in Wolves' relative success at that time. Yeah, like I mentioned last week, um, it's actually a really good podcast, the Wolves Express. Um, they tried the old Gold Club, didn't they, a few years ago, and that was rubbish, I thought. But this, the new look's really good. They got the three of them on. And what surprised me was, you can't believe they only started 13 games in that season. From That, that song was all kicking off and that. But they scored like 30-odd goals in those 30, 30 games between them. But really good listen. Um, I mean, if you're listening to this, you probably have listened to it. But the, the bit about Sacco turning down West Brom when he first left, but then eventually did join West Brom, didn't he? But what an era. I know we didn't go up that year, but I think it's the highest amount of points ever that a team didn't make the playoffs with. But it's really good memory if you want to listen to it, if you haven't already. Great listen. Yeah, it's actually a really, really good podcast, you fair. And, and like, obviously, Wars Express, and it's 10 minutes long or, or so, but although that one, I think, was a little bit bit longer. Yeah, it's one of those seasons, thinking back, obviously, as you mentioned, we, we just missed out on the playoffs in the way, but it was really, really, really close. And it's one of those years where you think if we just scraped in, we'd fancy our chances of actually going there and beating the teams who were above us because we had a nice little little thing going, particularly, um, particularly, yeah, between between those three that you mentioned. I haven't listened to the podcast myself, so um, but it's interesting to see what you said about, about Albion, though he didn't actually want to join, yeah. join it a them apparently. It, um, so. He had the pen there ready, Jack. Ready and he didn't do it. He was <laughs> at the training ground and everything. Then just decided yeah. to a little bit later when he was had fewer options. Four years later. <laughs> yeah, you, you've got to put a little bit of time in between those. But it, it, it just, it's, yes, I think I think it's great. Um, another question that, that pops up just before we, we leave you all was um, one that popped up on the podcast that Gary Lineker, Micka Richards and Alan Shearer do. And it was, what was it, Harry? Have you ever met a famous person at a game or in the yeah. away end? Was that? Um, so, no, what it was, they said, have you ever like been in a away end or on a home end and just been sat next to or bumped into like a, a footballer or something like that? And if my internet's old enough, I'll, I'll, there's a few. So I remember Shrewsbury away in League One. Um, he's probably been to loads, but I remember being sat right by Steve Ball. So that was one. Andy Mutchway at Bolton. Um, I remember Carl Henry away uh, West Ham on New Year's Day a few years ago, put like 600 quid behind the bar at half time. So little things like that. And uh, Rob, obviously we've all met Robert Plant, haven't we? I think we met him at Wembley. I can't remember if I was with you, like actually. I bumped into Robert Plant. And obviously, uh, what's her name? Morgan Gibbs White's Mrs. Remember that, Bayliss? <laughs> <laughs> do, actually. Well, it was Forest, Forest away in the cup. Oh, well, yeah. that's ironic. <laughs> Ironically. Yeah. yeah. Um, Anyone else? I mean, I, if it's an away game, then I probably would have been absolutely battered. So I probably met loads of people and then just can't remember. But Jack, I mean, you go to a lot of away games. Have you ever come across anybody in, in that sense that would be <laughs> famous? <laughs> no, still going through. Harry's, got, Harry's got loads, but I, I, I yeah. can't think of that many. I remember that, uh, you know, Johnny Phillips from Sky Sports, he was stood in front of me once. It was, it was actually the game away at Cardiff where they missed the two penalties late on. And the, the thing oh, that was wow. most noticeable about it is the fact that because he was working for Sky Sports, he couldn't celebrate. He wasn't allowed to be jumping up and down in the crowd. So even when it happened, he had to remain still. So I just found that quite interesting. It was quite noticeable as well that he wasn't allowed to like join in with the chant or anything. So he had to like restrain himself. I'm sure he like jumped up and down a little bit, but he wasn't allowed to chant or anything or these sorts of things. Um, so I remember that sticking in my head. Someone else has come back to me as you were talking. I remember... 
nil nil away at Villa when we went top of the league, Mick McCarthy era. Daniel Lloyd was sat right in front of me. Jamie O'Hara's really? ex misses. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And you just stowed just away that these same people, season. Don't you? you spot these people straight away. You spend most of the time looking for bloody YouTubers in the crowd. That's your problem. That's how you see these people. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I can't I can't remember. Steve Bull has been in quite a few away ends. That's quite commonplace, isn't it? I think Michael yeah. Kite has been in but one I've only well, ever seen him once, one Jack. I've only ever seen um, him once, Steve Ball. No, I've wow. seen him a couple of times, yeah, a couple of times in the, in the away end, yeah. Um, Bayless, any famous faces? I've Dazzling Dave. Dazzling Dave, obviously. Matt Cooper. None are really coming to I know that um, my old man ended up sat really close to Bully at Wembley, but that ended badly. Um, <laughs> what, do you hit him? <laughs> <laughs> don't know which way around. Um, to be fair, when I was in the Steve Bull Upper, I was at a seat ticket next to Robert Plant, to be fair. I forgot about that one. Did you? Yours is quite a long list. Harry. It's very long, long isn't it? Yeah. Genuinely, the only yeah. That's why I brought it up as a topic. Because <laughs> you got loads. I literally can't think of any. Mark Rowe. No, I don't think that. Him last Sunday is the closest thing I think I've ever got. I think we got we were quite <laughs> Bailey's. Remember when we went to? I think it was Tot- Tottenham at home, and we were quite close to Daniel Le- Le- Levy. Oh yeah, your old man sorted out some tickets in the upper yeah. right. Jeff G, yeah, lads. Right, we Jeff. Oh, what oh, Jeff, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, away. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll have to dig out but that photo. I, th- I think we are we are struggling here for people who, in the away end at Wolves, we haven't got many celebrities who aren't directly football related, have we? Mr. Miami. Oh, so, we all, we all like, met Susie Mr. Perry Miami. in um, Barcelona. We met oh, Susie Perry yes. in Barcelona, yeah. I we didn't. Did. I'm That's absolutely true. gutted about that. <laughs> I am gutted. Can't believe it. That was, yeah, that was, a, that was a fun one. <laughs> oh, yeah good time yeah, really we, haven't got many, we haven't got many celebrities have we who are like proper celebrities but have nothing to do with football we got Robert Plant Beverly Knight Be- Beverly Knight that's yeah. about it like, Goldie Mike Tyson Gold- the, Mike some of the Tyson. Jacksons <laughs> uh, we haven't have we no we've not have we there's not many well, famous people from Wolverhampton true, Susie Perry true. oh we've said that yeah. uh, what's her name Jackie Oatley Jackie Oatley yeah, not much. Right, okay. Uh, well, let's wrap it up for uh, for another week. Um, best of luck. You have our permission for the weekend to either drown your sorrows or celebrate profusely, uh, given what happens at 5.30. Uh, we'll say goodbye to Harry Mansell. Very delayed, so I'll carry on talking and you can chip in. And yeah, um, I'm sorry about my internet. I'll try and sort it out for next time. It's just getting ridiculous. But apologies if it was a painful listen. But we've got a new logo. There we go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Jack Williams. Yeah, bye, everybody. And Dan Bayliss. Yeah, brands on point, content rubbish. <laughs> and it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.